This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. Glad to have you here on the Block ESPN Radio. Coronavirus has shut down a lot of things in sports, of course, but we were uh, thrilled to hear that uh, an annual event that uh, happens this time of year is is still going to go on, albeit in, in a different way. And here to tell us about that is the head coach of the Syracuse Basketball Orange, and you'll see him Saturday on CNY Central. You'll see him online and on television from 7 to 9, raising money for local efforts to fight COVID-19 and the coronavirus. The basketball from the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation will go on, albeit in a different way, and, and Coach is here to tell us all about that. How are you, sir? I'm good, thank you. It's good to be with you. It's uh, you know good to be able to talk to somebody and not talk to my family every day. That <laughs> <laughs> wears that's wearing out. Coach, I'm here every day, four to six. You're always welcome to drop in and talk sports. Although it's been weird doing that because there's no sports, but we got the draft tonight. At least that's that's normal. There, there's something that feels like uh, a normal sports schedule to get into. So it's great to hear your voice too, and it's great to hear that the basketball is still going on here. So tell us all about it, how it's going to work, and what we're going to see on Saturday. Well, what we were concerned about is make sure we can do it safely. There'll only be a, uh, two extra people at our house, and they'll be well spread out from us. And uh, most of the uh, show has been taped, uh, pre-taped with different guests, different uh, friends of the program, people who we've known for a long time. And uh, that will be there. Will be auction items online, live auction and silent auction items that people will be able to go after similar to what we've had in the past. and uh, But it's an opportunity. We've done some funny, fun things at the house, and a lot of people saw the half-court shot already that I walked in. <laughs> Crushed you know, it. Pure, pure luck. Uh, it's funny because the fact, I threw one up like for fun, and I wasn't even close, and then Jimmy said something about making I couldn't make it. And so the second one I took was in and out, and I said, well, that's probably as close. And then the third one went dead switch. So, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think I could do it again if I had 10 tries, but, uh, you know, a little lucky. And uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, got people involved. And we're going to have the show on in Syracuse, Albany, and, uh, and then I think uh, Rochester, too. So awesome. uh, there's a couple golf packages that would you could play in Albany with me or you could play in at Oak Hill and Rochester with me. So there's some fun things in there to do tickets, different events, things like that. But uh, we've got some good people that we've interviewed, and uh, it should be fun to, to kind of get involved with that. It's, uh, uh, you know, we, we'd we already raised, uh, had the money in, and people didn't really want their money back, the sponsors, so we felt this way we could honor our sponsors, um, get them on Channel 3, and Channel 3 stepped up big time. Uh, you know, printing, uh, PPP printing stepped up big time. So we really are fortunate to have all of our sponsors stay with us. And uh, people let us, you know, send for tables. Uh, we, you know, don't want their money. It's great. So we've already given about a hundred thousand dollars out for food relief in the in the area um, through the weekend program. Um, you know that uh, uh, feeds all the kids in the Syracuse City Schools for the weekend. 
uh, and then a few smaller uh, places. You know, we like to give three, five thousand dollar donations to really small groups that get a lot done with that money. So we're we're going to continue to do that with the money coming in. Uh, we've had a couple big donations up already early, so we, we think we're going to raise maybe more money um, than we've ever raised and. The great thing is, you know, Brent, we put it all back in the community. That's right. Uh, we don't have uh, employee. We have one part-time employee. That's it. All the rest of the money uh, uh, stays right here locally to help kids, some to fight cancer, um, but most of it is for uh, kids in our community. And we give grants to about 60 different organizations every year. Uh, we've been able to give out probably in the neighborhood, well, we're over $5 million, but uh, we give out in the neighborhood of 500000 to 600000 every year. It just feels like, Jim, if there's a silver lining in all this, that you had this event scheduled as always and, and helping out many different organizations, as you mentioned, but this community needs help in, in, in this way and to be able to, to take what you're doing from your annual event and turn it around to help something immediately that people need help with now. It, it just felt like that, at least that lined up and it, it can be a silver lining in, in what is otherwise a tough situation. Yeah, and I think if you look around the country, athletes have been giving back, and I think it's important for us to give back here. Uh, you know, my my good friend Adam Weitzman is helping us. Uh, uh, Bram and Ashley Palm, who've donated in the past, have stepped up with major donations and i think it's important for all of us to to give back and uh we can funnel that through our foundation right directly to people in the community that need it and that uh you know deserve it and i think a lot of people have stepped up the community foundation has stepped up well challenge a lot of people has have stepped up with it through their foundations or just through giving uh trying to help people out uh, there's a lot of people that need help and there's a there's with, with the job situations unemployment there's it's a tough time and if you're in position like we're fortunate to be in position to help uh, both with our foundation and personally um, it's important to do that and uh, this is a time of giving because there's so many people who need uh, to receive help in our community I, I'm optimistic I'm very positive. I think we're going to be back in school in September and be back on the right trip. It won't be perfect, but I think we can get back and uh, get back to some sense of normalcy. I think in the next couple months you'll see, you know, certain areas of the country, states, whole states, and parts of states open up and uh I can't wait for that to happen. Jim, it's interesting because this time of the year is usually one of the busiest in the sports world. And, you know, you love sports and everybody listening loves sports. And then when that's taken away, you really gain an appreciation for it. But it also shows the role that sports can have to take people's minds off of things. And that's why they turn to it as a distraction here. So to not have it as much as usual right now shows us how much we appreciate it. And, and when you get back on the court and when football comes back and the other sports, Will you have kind of a renewed sense of, of what it means for people when they turn to sports to, to kind of get that distraction in life? Well, there's no question. I think that some people have been critical. You know, we if we can bring back the athletes safely and they can play, and even if there's fewer stands in the in fans in the stands or even if, if – if there's none, as long as we can keep the athletes safe, which I think we can, um, I think just the 
be able to turn your television on and watch, uh, you know, the, the, the Michigan, Michigan State football game, the Clemson-Syracuse football game, um, the big basketball games, even the NBA, watch that, watch baseball, just to have it on television. So if we are home, uh, still slightly restricted or, or pretty restricted, you know, we can still watch those events. And, and I, I hope that it'll be better than that. But I hope that at least we get to that. One thing we all enjoyed and kind of taking our minds off this a couple of weeks ago when you were hanging out on the Facebook Live watching the national championship game and all the guests that dropped by. I mean, SU fans and people out there really enjoyed that. Take us back to that night. And, boy, I mean, can you think of another circumstance where everybody could kind of get together like that? Again, I think it's a silver lining in all this that everybody kind of had the time to get back together and enjoy something that was as good of a moment as, as everybody's had. Well, you know, I thought that it would be a little too long, but it ended up being too short. You know, we we all enjoyed being on and obviously uh, just uh, reminiscing about the game and and things. You know, Mello is always pressed for time with things, but, you know, he came out. He was there the whole night. You know, he he wanted to be there the whole night. And to have all those guys back and uh, be able to talk about it, that game was really, was special. And, uh you know, we'll have to do it uh, in the future sometime. But those things are really special during this time because there's, there's you're looking for something to connect to, and uh, that, was, that was a great uh, that was a great night. You know, obviously, you still we recruit. We're constantly recruiting. Uh, the transfer rule May twentieth. Remember that date. They're gonna. It's possible. Transfers could leave and play right away. I mean, that's a very definite, real possibility. Um, the rule's going to pass. Um, I think there's some slim chance that they would wait till next year to implement it because it's so late now. You have a lot of scrambling. Um, you know, I've always been against the rule because I think it's going to create chaos. But I'm kind of, with the waivers being granted on and off so much, I think we're better off just this way. At least we know if somebody transfers, they're going to play. It will create more transfers, even more transfers. And obviously, if you're a really good player at a smaller school and you're player of the year in your league as a sophomore, um, and you can play right away at a bigger school, you're probably going to go. Even though the facts show the top 50 transfers, I think only four average double figures, and they all 50 had average big numbers at the schools they were at, the smaller schools. So it's very difficult when you transfer up. But if you want to give that opportunity to kids, I'm I'm not against it. I think it will create an awful, some awful scenarios. Uh, we were on a conference call the other day with coaches, and I mean it might not happen. But he he was worried that three of his starters might leave. Oh, <laughs> and now what happens? You know, I mean you'll have scrambling like you've never seen it before. There's there's some scrambling now with just the. Five, six, seven hundred transfers are in there, but if you have fifteen hundred transfers in there, there's going to be uh, a lot more tram, a lot more scrambling. Um, there's people that advocate this. I don't think they're right, but I'm I'm going with it because it's just cleaner than when you have some guys get away or some guys don't get away. And uh, I'm fairly certain that 
even if they postpone this transfer rule for a year, I think they'll grant the waivers of the kids that are in there this year because they just don't want to try to separate them out. And with the COVID-19 thing, there's going to be more reasons for kids to come back near home. And, you know, so I, I think it's going to be uh interesting summer uh, once that rule comes into effect. Uh there's a lot of arguments and disagreements about the rights of players. I think that rights has got to go to federal, you know, to, to, to Congress to come up with some uniform uh, passageway for kids to get their rights. And I think right now Congress is too busy to worry about. I was going to say, yeah, that that, that conversation's <laughs> changed dramatically in the last month, not only because Congress has a few other things to do, but people are wondering about finances of, of athletic departments, and we're wondering about football and when that starts, and it seems like so many things are so uncertain that that'll get addressed, but maybe that, that well, kind of fell down the, the priority list, right? I think it's going to be addressed. I think they need a year to work it out. So I think next year it will it will work it will pass it will be it will be granted. Obviously, there's a lot of crazy things that could happen in that, and uh, you know we'll just have to wait and see. But um, I think that it it's even among the people who are trying to formulate this plan, there's huge disparity of how you do this. You know, there's a kid. Are you going to be comfortable with? The quarterback in the hundred thousand dollar commercial at Alabama, and the uh, you know the lineman getting nothing or a thousand. I mean, there's so many things about you know in professional sports, the quarterback gets paid a lot of money, and the lineman, even though they don't get paid as much money as the quarterback, they get paid. So there's there's just so many things that that come into play with the image and likeness thing. Um, it'll be, I don't know how they'll work it out. It will get worked out somehow, but it will not be easy. And there will be a lot of hurdles in there as, as it goes along. So much sure. to, to think about and consider. In one way, it's slowing down. It's harder to recruit and, and go about business, but in other ways, really busy, as you mentioned, Coach. Another thing I wanted to ask you about was, uh, of course, the Michael Jordan documentary. Everybody's wrapped up in that, and I know you were watching it. And mm-hmm. what I was thinking about was, boy, you played Jordan a couple times. He came to the Dome. Yeah. You, you guys went to Charlotte one time, and then he came back to the Dome to play Georgia in the regional finals. Yeah. So, boy, he was here a lot in 82 yeah, he 83. Didn't do, he didn't do much against us here in the first game. I think he had 14. They killed us. They were really good. Perkins and Doherty and those guys. And we lost to him down there, and he had, I think he had 18 or 19. It was good. He he never really, uh, North Carolina is a very, that system with Dean Smith, they were very, you know, they had, first of all, they had four All-Americans on their team. You know, they had great, great players. So they were balanced. He never really uh, showed what he, I mean, he showed flashes of it. Uh, but uh, you could see what was coming. But uh, it was a different system. And then uh, I heard the other day, I was listening to the Michael K. show, you, Barkley, Jordan, Reggie Jackson playing, yeah, was, playing golf. <laughs> well, that's a foursome right there. That's fantastic. That was, that was an interesting foursome. At Pebble Beach, no less. Yeah, it was, uh, we were late getting there, and they held the tee open. There were 24, maybe not 20, probably 12 foursomes waiting, lined up to play. They were paying $500 a piece to play the course. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And they were waiting to 
because we, we were late coming. We were, Jordan wanted to play 18 holes at another course first. So we started at the other course at 6 o'clock and uh, finished, and then we're coming over to Pebble Beach for that match. That was interesting for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of stories from that one. That's fantastic. And, yeah, I'm with you, Coach, and I know it kind of goes generational, but I know maybe Jimmy and Buddy were leaning towards LeBron, but uh, I think yeah. I think Jordan's got that, that one. And Look, LeBron's in that conversation. We'll never really truly settle it, but uh, it's hard no. for me to say anybody other than Jordan. I think Jordan's the best I've ever seen. I mean, I, he, Kobe's the most like him. He was just better than Kobe in some ways. But uh, the thing he had with LeBron, I mean, he shot it incredibly. He, you know, LeBron's a pretty good shooter, but Jordan was an incredible shooter. But LeBron was stronger, bigger. Um, but, you know, Jordan was he just in a class by himself. I like LeBron next, probably. But uh, there's just a gap. There just is a gap, and uh, Jordan was, uh, I mean, I saw him from when he was 18 years old until he was done, and I saw LeBron from when he was 18, 16, 17 years old until till now, um, and it's and Jordan's the greatest player I've ever played. I, I just, there's, there's, there's really no doubt in my mind. Well, Coach, like I said at the top of the conversation, we're here every day, 4 to 6. If you need to hear a different voice, come on by. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> and uh, listen, good luck with everything Saturday. I was thrilled to hear that this was still going on, and I hope uh, you raise a ton of money, and, and we'll have a lot of fun watching this on Saturday night. Well, thanks, man. Have a good one. Say, Be safe, and to everybody out there, let's be optimistic and hope we're back at this. At the business of life might be different, but hope we're back uh, sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Safe uh, travels to everybody in the Beheim family as well. Thank you, Coach, so much. That's Jim Beheim, ladies and gentlemen, joining us. And don't forget, Saturday night, 7 o'clock, NBC3, the Jim and Julie Beheim Foundation basketball will go on virtually. Nico Tamurian and the crew did a great job putting this together. As Coach mentioned, a lot of it was taped, and there's different segments and ways that we could participate and donate, bid on silent auction items. I believe there's there's going to be a, a text code that you can send in to donate and be a part of it and it's, it's going to be a unique thing usually at the turning stone of course but uh virtually and on television for all of us to see saturday night it all starts at seven o'clock on nbc3